Hi everyone and welcome to this service of worship. It's great to have your company, whether you're joining us online from one of our three churches in Winscombe, Sandford or Churchill in North Somerset, or indeed you're joining us from further afield. God bless you as you join with us today to worship. As we begin, let's pause for a moment, gather ourselves in a moment of silence and I'll pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promise of your Spirit with us when two or three gather in your name. And Lord Jesus, our Heavenly Father, we gather before you in hope and in faith and in love and in the expectation of your peace. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's service can be found on our church website. The liturgy for you to join in is available at www.winsandchurches.org.uk. Let's begin with the greeting. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And as you can see, we have our Advent wreath which is here until Candlemas. And this reminds us of the presence of Christ, the light of the world. And so there are some words to say as we remember his light coming among us. And it's really important to hold on to that light illuminating the darkness and the bleak times as we're in this third national lockdown in England. So let's light this last candle. So we light this candle today as God's people, thinking about past and present and future generations, as a light of joy, as we celebrate the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who brings hope, who brings peace, who brings reconciliation to all the world. And so we say together, Lord Jesus, light of lights, You have come among us. Help us who live by your light to shine as light in your world. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. When we're thinking about the words we've just spoken in our first hymn, you have come among us. Our first hymn is Lord Jesus Christ, you have come to us. Oh 
as we feel the light of Christ reflecting gently upon us, exposing those areas where perhaps we know we've let the Lord, our Saviour and our friend down. We know his love continues to extend towards each of us and is new every morning. So let's you and I begin our prayer of confession. Christ, the light of the world has come to dispel the darkness of all our hearts. Together, let us turn to the light and confess our wrongdoing. God, our Father, you sent your Son full of grace and truth. Forgive our failure to receive him. Lord, have mercy. Jesus, our Saviour, you were born in poverty and laid in a manger. Forgive our greed. Forgive our rejection of your ways. Christ, have mercy. Spirit of love, your servant Mary joyfully responded to your call. Forgive the hardness of our hearts. Lord, have mercy. You come in word to us and you come in sacrament to strengthen us in holiness. Christ, have mercy. And you will come again in glory with salvation for all your people. Lord, have mercy. And now the absolution. May almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all his enduring goodness, keeping each of you in life eternal. Amen. Now we have the collect, the special prayer set for today, the second Sunday of Epiphany. Almighty God, in Christ you make all things new. Transform the poverty of our nature by the riches of your grace. And in the renewal of our lives, make known your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And as newly forgiven people, we join in the celebratory words of the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Well, we come to a reading from God's Word. And this is the set psalm for today's lectionary reading, the second Sunday of Epiphany. It's one of my favourite psalms, Psalm 139. Today's reading is taken from Psalm 139, starting at verse 1 to 5, and then verses 12 to 18. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. 
you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hands upon me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thinking of the beautiful words of creation in that psalm, creation joins with mission in our second hymn, which is I, the Lord of sea and sky. Oh 
oh no, somebody has taken our church door. It used to be right here at the entrance to St John's and the entrance to All Saints and the entrance to St James, our three churches. But it's been moved and we can't easily see it anymore. Now, before anyone panics or contacts the local police, I'm not actually talking about the literal church door. I'm thinking about the door and the doorway to our church community. Lots of people talk about, don't they, that there will be a new normal when we finally get the worst of this awful pandemic behind us. But have we considered what a new normal might be for our church and our church community? In February this year, we'll be meeting as a PCC, a parochial church council, to reflect and pray on where the Lord is leading us over the years ahead. This is a really important process for us as we work out what the Lord's will is for us. And that will dictate where we place our efforts and missionary endeavour in the weeks, in the months and in the years ahead. It will help us to define what church needs to look like in the new normal for our communities. Can I really encourage you, each and every one who's listening and joining along today, to pray for us as we go into this period of discernment. It's really important that we soak it all in prayer and we ground the future in God's truth and God's will. It's a very exciting time, but it's also a very challenging time as we have to be prepared to look beyond our previous and perhaps sometimes comfortable norms and try and define what a new normal is. And I think one of the things that we'll find out has changed in this new normal is that the church door will have moved. Now, as we begin this process together, we can glean a lot of inspiration from today's reading and also from this church season, which, as you know, is Epiphany. Our reading is the set lectionary psalm, Psalm 139, as we've just heard read. And we're in the short season of Epiphany. As you know, an epiphany is a, a kind of revelation or insight that is gained, usually following a period of reflection. And Christians think of the, re, the, re, the revelation of Jesus Christ as God's son, which was given at Jesus's time of baptism. We also turn our thoughts as Christians to the epiphany given to the wise men as they travelled to meet the Holy Family. But the Magi's visit is not quite how tradition recalls it. We only see one account in the Gospels, and that's in Matthew's Gospel. And in Matthew's Gospel, it doesn't place the Magi in a, at the manger. It doesn't even place them in a stable. We see in Matthew 2.11 that they, in fact, arrive at a house, not a stable, and they pay homage to a child, not a baby. So it's quite possible these Magi arrived at the end of their journey some time after Jesus' birth. And it's perhaps unsurprising that Mary, a young mum, and Joseph, a youngish dad, 
would have sought more permanent lodgings than a stable. Anybody whose wife has given birth to children, you know, you have to pretty quickly get the crib and everything else like that sorted out. And of course, one hopes one's done that before the time the baby arrives. And we know from Matthew's account that they actually bought three gifts, not necessarily that there were three wise men. Thinking about also Matthew being the only gospel to include the Magi, which at first glance seems really quite unusual because Matthew we know is a tax collector, he was a Jew, and his gospel, although written in Greek, was predominantly received and destined for a Jewish audience. So I think Matthew, in writing about the Magi, wants to make a really important point, and it's really helpful for us as a church community to think about what that point actually is. It's a point also gathered up in our psalm, and it's a point also that has been gathered up in a number of depictions of the adoration of the Magi down through the years. One in particular I just want to turn our thoughts to is the painting by Andrea Mantegna, an Italian Renaissance artist. It's on display at the Uffizi Museum in Florence. Oh, to be in Florence at these somewhat wet, dismal January months. But it's clear from Mantegna's painting that the Magi and their entourage are from faraway races. We can see this in details like the colour of their skin and the type of their clothes. For example, their headgear is not European Christian, but is in fact recognisably Arab, Turkish and Chinese. For Matthew and for Mantegna, the Magi had come from outside the established boundaries. They'd arrived following a journey of faith and a journey of exploration. But it's also a journey when they didn't necessarily know what their destination was going to look like. And we had a, a little bit of that in the, the run-up to the lockdown. I took the kids out on a walk to Beacon Batch, which is the highest point in the Mendip Hills in North Somerset. Show them the wonderful views from the top, I thought. Well, it didn't actually happen that way because when we got up there, or headed that way, it turned out to be very foggy, to the point where you could only see just a few steps in front of you. We had to trust to maps and a helpful little app on my wife's phone. We were on a journey, even though we couldn't see the culmination of it until we got very near to the destination. And I think it's like this in terms of faith sometimes, both for ourselves and for those who are seeking and are on a journey, but perhaps wouldn't say they're in a place of very confident faith. The Magi themselves perhaps even didn't realise it was the Lord that was leading them, but they knew they felt compelled to follow. God was helping them, taking them at, as they were at, with all their inconsistencies and issues, and with all their wealth and their proliferation of success. And in their visit, we see the theme in Matthew's Gospel drawn up for us in Mantegna's painting. And it's one that is to be repeated 
in Jesus's ministry. It's simply this. This is the point that Matthew and Mantegna are trying to get across. We really need to include those who are outside, those beyond our borders, those who are perhaps only at the point of finding their way to faith, who wouldn't even say perhaps that they had a faith. God is leading them just like he has led us. They were to be part in the early gospel times of the new normal for the early church. So there's something I think we can take from that as we turn to, to our thoughts, to discerning the Lord's will, where the Holy Spirit's leading us, even at this time of our third national lockdown. We can turn the lockdown into a time of prayer and discernment. And I encourage you to do just that. Don't let it be such a dark time, but make it into a time of prayer and discernment and hope. Because we too are on a pilgrimage together, a journey of discernment and a journey of mission. The future may seem just a little bit foggy at times, like it was for us on that family walk, but we remain faithful in prayer and steadfast in hope because we know the Lord's steadfast love extends to each and to every one of us. And these themes of faithfulness and trust, of prayerfulness and hope are reflected in Psalm 139. Verse one and two says, you discern my thoughts from afar. You mark out all my journeys and my resting place. It's a very special Psalm. And I frequently use it at funerals and christenings to remind families that God's love extends to them before they were born and even after they pass away. His love is truly everlasting. Psalm 139 reminds us that God is with us at each and every point on our journey. It says this, for you created my inner being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I thank you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If I go to, up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, also you are there. So these verses offer us great comfort and hope. For the Lord our God knows each of us from the inside out and all our hopes and fears and plans and longings and aches and pains and he wants the best for us and for our church community. As I was writing this reflection, the words of a children's song came to mind. It just seemed really appropriate after reading that, that psalm. He's got the whole world in his hands. So where has the church door moved to? Have a little think about that for just a second. Maybe you want to pause this service. I think it's everywhere where people encounter our church in our community. It's everywhere where the church can meet with them on their journey of exploration of faith. It's our church WhatsApp group because people see, receive a welcome to our ch church community within that. It's our Facebook groups. It's our website where they, like you, can join in worship online during these slightly darker times nationally. And it's the door of your home and mine, 
or your sheltered accommodation. It's on and within our new housing developments. So let's pray and give thanks that he is with us. The Lord our God is with us, who knows us intimately, who knit, knit us together in our mother's womb, who knows all our comings and goings. We give thanks and we trust in him, in steadfastness and hope and in prayer and expectation. Amen. And following that reflection, we proclaim words of faith together in the form of the Creed. Once again, you can find this in your service booklets. We say together, we believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. We come to a time of prayer and Dorothy is going to lead our intercessions today for us. Thank you, Dorothy. Lord, we come to you this morning seeking your blessing and guidance. Many of us are feeling dispirited as we face more weeks of being unable to enjoy the company of others. This social deprivation, together with winter weather, sickness and bereavement, is weighing heavily upon us. We need you now more than ever to bless us and guide us in the way we should go once this pandemic is under control. Our church buildings have been emptied for months, but you have still blessed us as we are able to worship together in our own homes. Our remote services and membership of the Church Matters WhatsApp group have enriched our lives, but now the PCC must start making preparations for how we become church in new ways, reaching out to new people. Please be with each member, so that at the PCC meeting on the 18th of January, your vision for the future becomes clear. Help them to listen to your voice. Thank you, Jesus, that in you we have hope. Through your sacrifice for yourself, we can know that we have forgiveness of sins and the hope of eternal life. We thank you that we are surrounded by evidence of your creation, even in the darkest days. Lord, be with all those who are sick at this time. May they feel the comfort of your presence with them. We also pray for those who mourn that they may be comforted. As Christians unite throughout the world in the week for Christian unity, starting tomorrow, we ask that you will inspire and bless all those who call you Lord and Saviour, wherever they may be. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayers. Amen. And we conclude our time of prayer by joining in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We come to our final hymn. What other hymn could we possibly have? He's got the whole world in his hands.
thank you so much for joining us for this service of worship today. Thank you for to those especially who've helped make these online services possible. Thinking of Joe and Derek, who do all the production and editing. Martin, Chris and Claire, our musicians and singers. Dorothy for doing the prayers and of course those who've done the reading too. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. Let me just pray God's blessing on each and every one of you as we conclude. Now, may God, our Heavenly Father, extend to you his grace and peace and his love and joy in this world and at this time of lockdown. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and always. Amen. Oh,